The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Cinnamon rolls and chili on a crisp November day. In the heart of football season, Thanksgiving's on its way. Mashed potatoes, turkeys, green beans not from cans. The Bosco boys are thankful for our diehard bonehead fans. Bosco boys. It's turkey time, boys. The boys are back, and quite frankly, they're in the entire life of this podcast. I think we're, you know, two and a half years, I think, we've been doing this. Never once have I ever, like, not wanted to do a show worse than I didn't want to do this one. I am depressed. This sucks. Um, It really sucks. But here we are. We're here to uh, cope with everyone else. Um, so Grant, how are you doing? Um, emotionally, physically, mentally? I'm doing fine. It's kind of funny. I mean, <laughs> uh, we get we got what we deserved, I guess. Um, I didn't expect that by any means, but it's much easier to get over those games for me than you know, like the Oklahoma State game. Um, I was fuming about that for fucking days, and you know, I had already moved on from last night by the third quarter. So. Um, it sucks. It has to be Iowa State, but you know I mentioned this several, or at least you know I hate them because they get this credit for going seven and five, and Matt Campbell is painted as some golden boy, and they're painted as some elite team that has achieved absolutely nothing. But you know if they play themselves into the Big Twelve Championship and win a title, I'll have to give them some some sort of credit. It'll be painful, but I will hate them less than I did before, no doubt. So it is what it is. They were much better, and they beat our ass. So we move on. Yep. No, it's uh, it sucks. I I actually agree with you. I don't. I think them being good directly hurts us as a program. But what you said is accurate. If they actually live up to this hype machine that the media, you know, made them out to be get to Arlington. I see no, they're not going to win it. I don't care if it's Oklahoma. I don't care if it's Oklahoma state, they're not going to win it. But even if they get to Arlington, like, okay, they've finally earned some of that hype. Uh, So, so to that point, um, I'll give it to them. I'm never going to stop hating them. Like good on their fans for like getting to do it. Uh, Got a couple mentions, got a couple, like, uh, ironic likes and retweets. But, you know, they, they're they always going to frustrate me. I'm always going to hate them. Um, I agree with that point. I, I, I guess I should say I won't hate them any less, but I'll respect them more. Um, yeah, I got a few. I got a few chirps last night, but, you know, I would say fans aren't very, very good at – they're not very good at it, so – 
no, well, it doesn't really bother me. No, they're they're not they're no Arkansas fans, that's for sure. But uh, I'm so again. I, I think I think for me, the hate's always going to be there. I think, uh, but but the, there will at least be a little bit of respect. Um, so I mean, good for them. Again, like, I mean, it makes it it'll make it more fun. I think we will be. I think our trajectory will be upward. I know it doesn't look that way right now. Right now, it's looking grim, but. When you step back, I think still, you know, I've, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but down the road, it if let's, you know, Matt Campbell does stick around and they will continue to be a solid program, it'll be more fun. I mean, it'll be more fun in Farmageddon. So, and I think it makes the conference better, which I think is good. Um, I agree with you. It does. It threatens us, no doubt. But we got whatever. Step up. Step up yep. to the plate. We do have to uh, step up, <clears throat> and uh, I'll, I'll say this. Our uh, welfare check is brought to you by Bet Online. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. Sadly, Iowa State's one of them. Um, you can't be at the game this year, and God damn it, I am glad that I didn't have to be at that game. But you can still get in on all the action over at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads to totals to team and player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today. Use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online your online sportsbook experts. Again, uh, this upcoming week, again, as shitty as it feels right now, amazing sports week. You have college basketball kicking off. You have NFL games. You have a ton of college football. I mean, <laughs> on I think it's Sunday. It's Saturday or Sunday. Freaking Chelsea Tottenham playing for the top of the table. Uh, Mourinho you, versus man. Lampard. I know. It's a wild I fucking year. I told you life is going to be – it's not good. I'm fine with it. You know, if Chelsea have to just uh, beat Tottenham to get back to top of the table in the prem, I'm going to take it. So there's so much fun stuff to wager on. Uh, So if you're going to do it, do it over at bet online. Again, use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the sign up bonuses before we actually talk about that game. I do want to touch on this because it like, this isn't hyperbole. When I say this, this is one of the most wild (laughs) things I've ever experienced in my life as a sports fan. You had Tim Brando during commercial breaks chirping and tweeting at K-State fans predominantly during the game. Literally. And blocking. And blocking. Yeah, you got blocked. I didn't get blocked. Uh, Well, and granted, all I did yesterday was at him into a conversation, and then he started chirping back in that conversation. Then when I went to his tweets and replies, he was chirping at all sorts of fans, predominantly K-State fans, during the game, during commercial breaks. So, again, we have plenty of time to talk about the game. Two questions. One, is that the most wild thing you've ever, like, experienced, like, revolving college sports? And two, is there anyone who has small dick energy worse than Tim Brando? First of all, no to the second question. Um, and one, I'd like to say when somebody blocks you, that means you won. So you immediately, like that's an instant tap out. I said one thing to him and it was immediately a block. I didn't see him blocking anybody else. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, I think, you know, clearly Tim spends his free time Googling his name. Um, it's absolutely wild that, a you know, mid game, a professional commentator would be blocking people and, responding to tweets 
Uh, he's just a massive loser. Um, bottom of the barrel sucks major ass at his job. And honestly, I mean, Spencer Tillman is equally as bad in his first sentence. He spoke yesterday. He fucked up one of our players' names. Just an awful combination. And I guess he's got, like, some beef with Kellis from the past. I don't know. I, I Spencer think he, or uh, Tim Brando? <laughs> Tim Brando. I think – Well, he was uh, tweeting – it was after the TCU game. Tim Brando – and this is, like, why it was, like, an inside joke. This is why I added him. Tim Brando was Twitter searching his name, not even his notifications. Yeah, yeah, Twitter yeah. searching his names after the TCU game. So then he went back and forth with Kellis. So then all the media members have this inside joke of don't say Tim Brando unless you wanted to do it. So it was during the Oklahoma State game and this one. If I saw people mentioning media members, I would at Tim Brando as a joke. Well, nothing happened during the Oklahoma State game. Well, and then Kellis hit me with the same thing. Kellis was like, I said something about how poor they were during the Oklahoma State game. Kellis was like, oh, too, too scared to, to at Tim on your own tweets? So then I did it. So nothing happened. But then, again, uh, it all happened this week. So that's why I added him. Otherwise, I wouldn't have noticed it. But I got the notification because I was in this tweet string. Uh, a, a bonehead replied to the tweet. I think it was Ann. Uh, was it Ann? I can't remember who replied to the tweet, but then he replies to her, you have a remote control for a reason, ma'am. Again, Tim Brando is a multimillionaire. He used to do, I think, was part of the CBS crew doing NFL and SEC games. He once was a titan of the industry. Now he's fallen so far that he's fighting with fans during the game from the booth. Again, he he has, like, very strong Kevin Durant uh, vibes. You know, he is so obsessed with what people think about him that he's tweeting at randoms. Like, I honestly, I, I want Tim to get out of the game. If that's what it's come to, Tim should not be calling games anymore. I agree. And, I mean, outside of that, he's just pretty painful to listen to. Yeah, he's lost. He's lost he's it. bad. He shouldn't be on, uh, you know, big Fox games. I mean, he's, he's on nationally televised games. That sh- shouldn't be happening. He's fucking terrible. Yeah, send him off to Fox Sports 1 where he can live his life until he retires. So, sadly, as much as I hate to do it, let's talk about the game. It's a different format. I didn't want to go through position group by position group and just say, oh, they suck, oh, they suck, oh, they suck. Um, So, I just kind of wrote down some of the big points because, again, that game sucked. 45, like, legitimately the worst. Well, we'll get to it. We'll, We'll keep going. So, um, this game seemed to be in a lot of trouble, and it's going to be somewhat chronological. Uh, when we give up uh-huh. on third and 12, I'm, like, feeling very good about myself. You know, we st- stopped Breesaw for a loss. All of a sudden, it's third and 12 on their first possession. And I see them check down, and I'm thinking, all right, here we go. But it wasn't a check down. It basically was an extended <sighs> screen, and they pick it up on third and 12 on a shallow crossing route. I mean, how crazy did that play make you? Uh. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a theme of this year's defense outside of, you know, legitimately the Oklahoma State game, I think, was when our defense was truly stout. And maybe TCU, they were very good that game. But very poor on third downs um, on both sides of the ball this year. But, yeah, I mean, that just kind of – you can't – I don't want to say that, you know, one play has so much, you know – bear so much weight but this game is so much about momentum and you could kind of just see 
after, you know, giving up a third and 12, that, that, that what the theme of the day was going to be. And, you know, it, that fulfilled, it fulfilled its role. Um, we absolutely, I mean, that was the theme of the day. I mean, you could see it. It kind of broke our backs early and we didn't recover. And moments later they score on a bomb and didn't look back. Yeah. So they score on that touchdown. It was an underthrown ball. Um, and I honestly think yeah. it was going to get picked off if there wasn't a push off again. I think that single play was probably the most maddening uh, part because literally football is a game of inches, you know, yeah. uh, not, if it's not a push off, it's a pick. Um, even with the push off, it almost was deflected. They score a touchdown. There's no flag. Um, how did you take in that play and at, like, just what was the emotion? I mean, let's be honest. That was offensive pass interference. Ref was six feet away. I'm not sure how he misses that. And yeah, it's a massive shame because that would have probably been a pick. He was in position. Um, it gave him six inches of a push off. And that's what, that was the difference. I mean, at the very least, he breaks that up. Um, so he's not only did he save a pick, but it was, a, he gets in the end zone. So um pretty tough and i mean refs were not very kind to us early yesterday but we we can't go down that road um and that wouldn't have made the difference yesterday anyways uh we got just blitzkrieg from you know from the start but uh it's all about momentum and you know that killed us but had our chance to equalize and kind of stop the bleeding early and we didn't so it doesn't really come down to only that play yeah, while the defense wasn't good by any means, I think their wide receivers just went up and made plays in traffic and won every 50-50 ball. Because uh, I actually didn't think the cornerbacks were that bad. They were close on a lot of those plays. Uh, but how much does it hurt to see, you know, Iowa State have guys who are winning basically every 50-50 ball and then knowing when it comes to our side, we're, like we don't have a single guy who can win any 50-50 ball, let alone all of them. Yeah, it's it's disgusting. I mean, you can see it when you watch pretty much any team across the country. Like, I was watching fucking Rutgers, Michigan last night. Two dog shit teams. Rutgers is terrible, and even they have receivers that can go up and get the ball, go meet the ball at at its at its peak, and come down with it in the fifty fifty ball. Uh, it's and I mean, even when even when we're running routes you can see just how far off the pace we are. They're lazy. They're sloppy. They're freaking soft, soft cuts, um, not getting any separation whatsoever. And when we do get separation, when we do have a one-on-one 50-50 ball, it's not even close. I mean, it's two out of ten times we're going to go get a 50-50 ball. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if I'm Chris Kleiman, I'm getting in the transfer portal uh, very hard for wide receivers. And I know like there are other, there's other positions that require immediate attention now, but how can you look at the season as a whole and not want to immediately go see if you can patch up this wide receiver room because it affects our offense so deeply. And I, I mean, you have to, you have to, there's no one, there's no young guys that are going to be stepping in next year and making an immediate difference. So I hope we get some transfers because um, it's ugly. It's really ugly. Yeah. They're so bad. I mean, I've, I don't, I've never seen wide receivers contribute this little. 
at K-State. Yeah, it, Not even it, 2015. Oh, yeah, no, it's – it's very ugly to see. Um, on the offensive end, so that very first drive, I actually was thinking, uh, oh, my God, like we're moving the ball. Like, hey, th- this is going to be a, a nice little game. You know, you have Keon Mosey being used creatively. I, You know, you're doing some quarterback runs, Harry Trotter running super hard, and then you get into the red zone. And, hey, guess what? You pick up another first down. Then it's ball with goal to go. You run with Will Howard on first third and fourth down than Will Howard in just a horrible play. Misses ta- – waits way too long to get the ball to Taylor. But even when he shows him, underthrows it, throws it behind him, and it's a missed touchdown. Should have been the easy touchdown. Um, and then we, we know what happens on third and fourth down. Uh, I mean, how, how demoralizing is that? And then also, like, Chris Kyman's, like, shown that he, he, he was not going to kick a field goal. And I, I want to know your opinion on all that. I, I know I throw a lot at you. Uh, just talk through it. Talk through that, uh, you know, those four plays. <laughs> I mean, it's demoralizing. Um, you know, we, it's, it's either – it feels like it's either we try to get very cute um, when it's uh, a goal line situation – or it's the complete opposite end of the spectrum when you lack any ounce of creativity whatsoever. I just feel like that is one of those uh, scenarios where, you know, we so badly and desperately want to be a power running team. Give the power running game a chance when it's, uh, you know, first and goal from the four. Harry Trotter shows that he's running pretty well. He's running hard. He had some success, you know, in the build up to that drive. Give him a lead blocker. Give him three chances. I guarantee you Gary Trotter's getting three or four yards, and he's getting in the end zone. I, I think we know enough that we can't be putting the ball in Will Howard's hands, um, especially in the passing game. You know, that is a missed pass. He had a guy open. He's got to hit him. I mean, he wants to be starting quarterback at a Power 5 program. You got to make that play. Make that play. It's not that tough of a pass. Hit him earlier, too. I mean, I don't know. And then the, to run him three out of four times is fucking beyond insane. I, I know he's shown that he can run in the past, but I don't know. I don't like that. I, I think that's just a fucking tap out. It's so lazy. It's so uncreative. Um, I hate it. I think it's terrible. And it broke our backs early. Um, just really, really poor red zone. Uh, not necessarily red zone. Um, it's goal to go. Goal line. Yeah. Goal line play goal just is, has been so bad, so, so bad in the last three games. And it's fucking killed us. It's killed us. Um, I don't like it. Um, and as far as the field goal, this scenario doesn't bother me. Um, I guess, I mean, if what if you kick, kick a field goal there and you're down 7-3, what difference does it really make? They They drove 97 yards. You can't stop them there you're not going to stop them if you if you get seven three and yet they have to go 80 yards you know I don't think that takes gives us much momentum the momentum's still in their court if they held us to three I think so I don't hate it it's um but maybe you take the points I guess um the only reason I say you maybe take the points is because our red zone or not our, our goal to go offense is just so poor we can't get in and I think it would have been obviously enormous for momentum's sake and, um, you know, belief in ourselves 
for us to tie that game up. I, I don't hate the call. I probably will. But in hindsight, when you have such a toothless offense and you can't get the fuck in the end zone, maybe, yeah, take it. Take It's early enough to where maybe take the points and make some adjustments on defense. I don't know. But I'm kind of 50-50 on that. Yeah, I, I liked it. And honestly, I – liked two out of the four play calls. I don't mind, uh, you know, the Will Howard run on third down if you know you're going for it on fourth, and I liked that pass. But you you mentioned it. That first down uh, quarterback keep, that was horrible, horrible play call, especially because, like you said, Harry Trotter on that drive and throughout rest of the game had shown that – at a minimum, he's getting two yards. Yeah. He's not being stopped at the goal or at the line scrimmage or behind it. He's going to find a way to get you two yards. Line up Barda or Jacks in front of him and do a just a stupid halfback dive on first down. And even on that fourth down, just line it up and try to pound it in. That's going to give you a better chance than what Will Howard was going to do. Again, he's not Skylar Thompson. He doesn't have that nose for the goal line in that – drive to find a way to get into the end zone no matter what that's not him that's fine that's not him as a quarterback you can't get have that call three out of four plays and the passing play was great you had levels you had three options and guess what it worked out the read was there if you throw it to Taylor early at all but he got locked in on Moore and on Deuce Vaughn not on the guy who beat his man and then once he finally does he still give. He has the entire boundary. Put it out there, and then he put it behind him. And again, that's just where momentum's lost. And again, so Iowa State then drives the ball ninety-seven yards. But again, before this is, hold on, before we get into this, before we get into yeah. this next question, Chris Kleiman mentioned in his presser that he knew it was going to be a long day. Yeah, that after we didn't find the end zone here. What are your thoughts on that? I don't like hearing that again. I think sometimes Chris Kleiman's too too honest with the media. I don't like that at all. And if if he's saying that, then and, and I can't I can't remember if I put a question in it. Yeah, so number six, uh, I talk about the momentum. So we'll, we'll we'll come back to that. But I don't like how dependent this team is on momentum. And if Chris Kleiman is saying that he knew it was going to be a long day, six minutes into the goddamn game, Chris, man, lie. not a good sign. Lie to the media, but because that hurts me, and and I just hate hearing that. So, and this is when I knew it was done. You can't say uh, that. You can't, you can't say that. No, no, he needs to lie. Even if he knows it, he should have lied. So, let we'll, we'll talk more on that here in a bit. But after after they held us, Iowa State drives the ball down ninety seven yards, and again, this is when I was demoralized. This is when I knew it was over. We're about to get a three and out. We're going to get the ball in great field position. Then a questionable DPI is called on Awful. Echo. And I think most fans were in the boat. Like, that's when I knew, okay, we're fucked. Like, yeah. you, didn't, you didn't get, you know, I'll even call that OPI. I'll call both, both of those 50-50 calls. I'll call both of them 50-50 calls because you, you almost never see OPI. And, you know, it, it's an offensive league. It's an offensive game. So, yes, you know, some of those DPIs get called. But to not get either one of them in massive moments in the game, that hurt. I was demoralized. And then I think the team's demoralized because I think maybe we get them to one more third down uh, where Brock Purdy then has a nice little run, like a 20-yard run. But that's when I was just like, okay, I, it's, it's done. It's over. Like, had you thrown in the towel after that uh, penalty or what, what was your uh, mindset for that? I mean, I – 
it yeah. was a late flag too because they were looking it around. Was I was terrible. like, all right. Oh. That was a rubbish call. I mean, very I soft. Hate- very soft. That was that was fucking weak. I I don't like that call one bit. But once again, those don't win or lose games. No, those don't win or lose games. We got fucking absolutely blitzed. Yeah, but and, and then the momentum's just gone at that point. Though. Momentum's gone. Um, yeah, it was tough. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I kind of threw in the towel by then. I mean, shit. I didn't. I I threw in the towel after the first drive. It it just you could see that. I mean, we had our scripted drive pretty much where you know it worked out and we didn't capitalize, and it, it just seemed like it was over. It was over, and it was. It proved to be over. So not good. Yeah. Support for Bosco's voice comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Untrimmed cubes are a thing of the past. So get over to manscaped.com to get the lawnmower 3.0 in their skin safe technology. Make sure you're looking as good as possible below the belt during all this festive holiday time frame. It has an LED light, 90 minute battery life and it's waterproof so you can manscape in a dark running shower not sure why you'd want to but you can they also have the best boxer briefs in the world so get yourself and all your friends a pair of their boxer briefs use promo code armchair for 20 percent off and free shipping and remember to get over to bet online some of the best gambling weeks of the year are almost here and with thanksgiving week you can see college basketball tip off all the football you could want and some soccer mls playoffs literally are starting as we're recording this today sporting kc kicks off and all the european leagues are in full effect and hey my chelsea are going to be fighting Tottenham for top of the table and you know what shout out to the U.S. men's national team I love seeing all these young guys over in Europe it's a lot of fun so use uh, promo code armchair for all the welcome bonuses over at bet online remember bet online is our exclusive online wagering partners okay so these are the two honestly most important questions I have in here to talk about in this review episode so how concerning is it that this team is so dependent on momentum. We saw it in the West Virginia game, Oklahoma State game, that if they don't capitalize on early momentum or if it once it swings, they can't get it back. Why why can't they get it back? I don't think it's necessarily unique to us. Um, you know, we're dialed in. We're dialed in on the Cats, so it does seem unique to us. I think that's unique to college football. Um, you know, big elite teams are vulnerable to huge momentum swings too. Um, I think it's just more – I think it's more a case of that we have serious player and maybe some coaching deficiencies. Um, We're good for one fucking drive offensively, and then after that we have absolutely zero ability to adjust to what the defense is throwing at us. That comes from Courtney Messingham. That comes from the offensive coordinator. Um, It's – I don't, I don't think that – I don't know if I would pin that necessarily on momentum. Um, I wish that I could think off the top of my head other, other um, instances of momentum that swung games that weren't so early for us this season. Is there anything that comes to mind for you that you can think of where it's like – well, so huge Ar- swing for us, and we couldn't pull out of it. Well, Arkansas State, here you are. You're getting ready to run them out, and then all of a sudden, once they start scoring, 
they take the lead and you're not able to swing it back. I also look at, but, but here's, here's where things change. The two Oklahoma games, and again, I'm, I'm picking the two best wins. Yeah. And here, here's where it comes to for me. Skylar Thompson makes big game plays in those games and gets the team back to believing. And I think it comes down to leadership. This team doesn't have a leader who can make a play out yeah. of nothing on offense and then sw- swing it around. And then even yesterday, you don't have J-Ball. You don't have – uh, Elijah Sullivan, so you don't have your lo- vocal leaders on defense to make those plays. You don't have any leaders. And again, I'm not I'm not using this as an opportunity to criticize Will Howard. I'm not using this as an opportunity to criticize Deuce Vaughn. But you, you you can't have true freshmen. I'm sorry, true freshmen are not going to be able to be that voice, be that rallying point. And that's where this team misses Skylar Thompson. He he would have been and we. Yesterday we still would have lost. I'm not. I'm not one of the people who says, "Hey, Skyler's playing yesterday, we still lose." But he finds a way to get into the end zone. He finds a way to at least yeah, rally the team on offense to at least come up with something. And I think this team is desperate for real, true leaders outside of Skyler Thompson, outside of those two senior linebackers. Because here's the thing: we don't know if any of them are going to be back, and that is the most concerning thing for me that I've seen out of like the last three games. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, that diagnosis, I think, is fair, especially when you take when you take a couple steps back and you look at what this program is going through right now. um, And then you add COVID into it. How many times have we said that this is a rebuilding year and then you go ahead and you lose your starting quarterback and you're playing during a pandemic and all of a sudden our razor thin margin of error is now negative. Now we're digging ourselves out of a hole every game. So it's really – I don't know if we should be hitting a panic button by any means. Um, There are things that I'm like, all right, I'm willing to move on from this. Courtney Maxingham, I don't think – I don't think he's a top coordinator. I'm not qualified necessarily to um, nitpick his game calling from, you know, a high-level ability. but there's a lot of things that are really troubling from that, but I, I still think, you know, Chris Kleiman's the guy. I think he's a damn good coach. I think he's a great program builder, but I don't necessarily know if there's like a, then again, he did kind of sell himself out in the post game. So, you know, if he's that affected by momentum, then maybe it is something that bleeds down from the top, but I don't know. I don't know. Then again, you look at the, you can, you can, you can look at the other things where it's like, you know, we were down. You look at the four-game stretch, the adversity that, that we faced during that, and we came out of it, you know, for 4-0. Oh. Um, now I just feel like we're dealing with too much to overcome um, roster-wise, um, and it's, it's, it's catching up to us. I mean, if you fucking look at it, look at the roster going in to yesterday it's a miracle that we were ever 4-0 it's a miracle that we came back and won against Oklahoma on the road but we did it I mean we've shown that we can be tough we've shown that we have mental toughness and I don't know I don't know what are you thinking (laughs) yeah so so this is you know just a temperature check I mean I I still think Chris Common's the right guy again if you look at the roster he inherited what coach what coach is gonna have us in this position 
we're still I – mean, I, I mean, we're only one game back. I mean, we're out of the race, obviously, now. But what coach is going to have us at 4-2 and two with wins over Oklahoma and a tiebreaker going into yesterday's game? Yeah, no, I don't – Not I don't, a lot. I don't think lot. so. I don't think so. And that's why I'm a little hesitant to even get to the point where I say I'm done with Messingham. Because we, we've seen what the offense can be at its, at its best. Yeah. At points, but the issue is it's not at its best enough. And again, have we seen that? And, and again, uh, let, let's just get real. If you, if you want to talk offense, I, I'm willing to throw yesterday's game on, of the defense out the window to a certain extent. Uh, let's focus on the offense and the offensive staff. We've seen how bad things can get with Courtney Messingham, and in some of his play calling. I mean, it was it was horrible. You like. Any offensive coordinator that gets shut out in today's college football, I mean, you need to wear that around your neck. Like, you need to be able to scheme yourself to a touchdown. I'm sorry. So, some of that is on him. We've had – we've said our piece with Jason Ray, but the wide receivers look like they have absolutely no business being out there. And eventually, here's the thing. I understand that COVID has been a thing. I understand that the wide receiver room has probably been hit harder than almost any position group outside of probably the offensive and defensive line. But here's the thing. If you are still now in the twilight of this season, that, that's what the group looks like. And, again, I get it. I get it. I, I get that practice is not what it should be. But if they're still looking like that, you have to – the position coach has to take a look in the mirror. Uh, quarterback. Will Howard, he looks like he's regressed since he's came in. So, again, do you have to take a long look in the mirror if you're calling Klein? I know he's kind of the sacred cow, but let's he has to ha- take some of that on as well. And then the offensive line, I love Con- Connor Riley. I think we're going to get there. And, again, I think that the offensive line out of every position group maybe gets a bit of a pass because, again, you're it's a freaking ballet out there for, with the offensive line. And they had – Almost no experience, no practice, all that type of stuff. I'm maybe more willing to give them a pass. But, again, they've looked like shit more times than they haven't this year. So, again, Connor Riley has to take a look in the mirror. Uh, again, running backs, tight ends, whatever. I, I, don't, I don't really – they're so dependent on everything else. I, I don't even know what to say about them. But and, and then, again, it starts at the top. Again, I agree that I'm not one of the people who is – trying to compare Chris Kleiman to Ron Prince. I think the folks that are doing that are fucking stupid. I'm not trying to say it's time to move on. They are fucking stupid. Very stupid. I'm not – again, there are some people who are calling them the Fargo boys and they're trying to take away from what they've accomplished. Because, again, the the position Bill Snyder left the staff was horrendous. Just disgusting, the roster they had to take over. It's We won eight games last year. Yes. Like, we, we with won that eight, shitty team. Yes, like, we won eight bad. games. We won eight games, and we're in the midst of maybe a 500 season. We're probably going to get to go to a bowl no matter what happens in these final two games just because of the, the weirdness that COVID is. And this was always going to be the worst year. I am a little concerned that I don't think we're going to bounce back as much as I thought we would next year because, I mean, there's some massive, massive holes to fill on the defensive side of the ball and, you know, just lack of depth. I don't, I don't know if we're going to get there. But, again, I'm not worried. But I do think that the questions can be asked about some of the coaches on the staff. So that's where I'm at when it comes to this staff. And, and again, I, I agree with you. I don't think Courtney Messingham is ever going to be the top coordinator in the Big 12. 
I don't know if he's going to be middle of the pack, but I think he's better than what they showed. And I am willing to probably give everyone another year next year. But, man, it's, it's getting ugly out here in the streets being even a tentative defender of Courtney Messiaen. Yeah, um, I think it's totally fine to have some reservations about the staff. Um, I've, I mean, to be honest, I've never been super hot on Colin Klein being a quarterback coach. Um, I thought it was important to secure Colin Klein for stability. Um, but I don't know if Klein has, you know, the pedigree to be a top quarterback coach. Um, he was never really, you know, Klein was a unique player. He was a unique quarterback. Um, he was never the type of guy that's going to, uh, you know, read a defense and pick them apart with his arm. Uh, I, he was a fucking bulldozer <laughs> and, you know, I mean, he had some ability to pass and he improved pretty, pretty greatly from 2011 to 12, but I don't know. I, I would not, it would not break my heart if we moved on from Colin Klein. Um, I've never really loved Messingham. Um, Riley, I don't know about yet. I think he has potential to be a top coach, but he's never going to look like a top coach if he can't get some recruiting wins. He's got to bring some boys in. Um, that's and for, for what it's worth, I, I legitimately am very – I'm still very bullish on the young offensive linemen in this team and what they're bringing in. I, and, but, yeah, look how young our offensive line is anyways. Yeah, and, but, and, and, that, and the offensive line is probably the one spot on the field where it ta- like you're not going to get an instant impact. So I think that is where I'm not yeah. ready to really attack Connor Riley. But, you know, if next year and the year after, if it's still this bad, then again, yes, then, then you have to look yourself in the mirror. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. I just – it just sucks. Jason Ray, uh, been him for sure. Um, I think receivers not only look physically not up to par, but they don't look interested. I, I, you look at their routes early in the game. They're fucking lazy. They're soft. I, they, get them out. Get it. Get some new blood in there. No doubt about it. Klanderman, I think it's a little too early. I think he's shown. I mean, obviously, situational plays uh, have been backbreaking and half of our games, but then he comes up with like some master classes like Oklahoma State, TCU, where the defense is absolutely even that second half versus Oklahoma. Second yeah. half versus Oklahoma. So I think Klanderman has shown, you know, he's got he's not he's not Scotty Hazelton, but he's he's shown he's got some pretty decent coaching chops. Um but Kleiman I think is clearly a guy that we're very fortunate to have um it's year two it's year two this was always going to be a a rebuilding year and you know any any team that's got injury woes especially in a COVID year especially Kansas State it's just it's going to be a tough year we we should feel fucking bled it hurts so much because we were 4-0 and you know we had hope and we've lost I would say beat the piss out of us but yeah, it, it it's definitely it sucks. It sucks, but you have to look at the big picture, and there are reasons to make excuses for how how difficult it must be to coach this team right now. Um, I do I do wish that he would choose his words a little more wisely, but I feel pretty good about having him having him at the helm. 
And shit, we could look. What if we win our next two games or we finish six and three? Everybody's going to be like, "What a good year!" <laughs> so, well, uh, six and four, but six, six and, and three in the Big Twelve. Three in the yes. conference. Yes, again, I I agree, and I don't think that's, that's not going to that's table. not going to happen. By the way, well, I mean, I, find it a way might. to beat find a way to beat Baylor. Baylor's not good. I am I am worried about. So also so some of the players talking about how they need to step it up and hold each other accountable. And then they said that they, they can't have people quitting on the team. Some of that stuff worries me a little bit. I, again, I think, I think in year two, it's always going to be, you know, yeah. a battle of culture. And I think okay. that especially with COVID and everything that's been happening over the last, you know, honestly eight months within the football program, I think it was always going to be an uphill battle. Uh, but, but I do believe in climbing saying that he's a, uh, he's a builder, not a quick fixer, and I think the culture will get there. That's and then, very evident. I mean, yes. there's a lot of evidence for that, too. And, and, and when I hear Deuce talk, again, I my, my comment earlier about how he's a true freshman, he can't be the lead. He, he will be a leader, but he, he a true freshman in his position just is not capable of being the program leader that they need at no. this point. He will get there, I swear. Deuce oh, yeah. will be held up as one of the best leaders uh, that the team's ever seen. Uh, and it sucks that, you know, some of his stats are now starting to fall off because, you know, he's the main focus. But, again, get him a quarterback who can make – and other weapons around that make defenses be honest. We're going to see him having 300-yard all-purpose games again. So, we're going to get there. I'm not worried about the overall direction. But, you know, I I, I do hope Kleiman t- at least – is having some talks with Messingham with the offensive staff because it's it's been bad all year. But yeah, yeah it's been bad. It's 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 been bad. So there is no special teams review today, but there still is a special team over at Kansas City Direct Primary Care, and they are proud to offer high quality primary care at an affordable monthly rate, regardless of insurance, with no copays or head and fees. Everything sucks right now, from K State's offense to the exponential spread of COVID. The docs at KCDPC would like to make things suck a little less, so we're they're offering a very deeply reduced membership pricing over the winter months called the COVID surge special or maybe the seasonal affected discount. I Man, Hazen should get into marketing on the side. Uh, but whatever the name is, know that KCDPC is here to help with your medical care in these tough times. And don't forget about our bonehead special, $100 off their vasectomy package, pun intended. This is a limited time offer, so don't delay. Visit KCDPC.com or call 913-730-0331 for more information. Guys and girls, anyone listening, like for real, it's so important to take care of yourself, and this isn't in the ad. I, I truly believe in what Dr. Hazen's doing and what Kansas City Direct Primary Care is doing. So, f- for real, check them out. Get in there. They, they are very ethical and just great humans. So, get in there. Check out their membership pricing. Give them a call again, 913-730-0331, or visit kcdpc.com. Uh, legitimately take care of yourself during this season because like you said, shit sucks. Stuff sucks. Suck. Everything sucks. Sorry. He didn't say shit. I did. But Dr. Hazen's a great dude. So check, check them out. KCDPC. All right. So final few questions. We're not doing any questions. We're not doing keys to be, we're not doing game balls. It all sucks, but we have to ask the question. Will Howard got pulled for Nick Ost, uh, final drive of the first half of the entire second half. 
What do you think K-State should do at the QB position for the rest of the year, and what do you think they will do? I'm not sure we will. <laughs> and maybe, you know, maybe it's not smart because it would be a quick fix, kind of plug plugging the leaks and not a program-building move. But this year I honestly would like to see more of Nick Ost, um, which just goes to show uh, we need to just – what we should do is just run through the roster and just fucking – call out how many freshmen are playing and how many walk-ons are actually playing. But I mean, you, at this level, you cannot have a true freshman. You can't be relying on a, on a, a lower end three-star true freshman quarterback and then <laughs> hoping to pull him for a walk-on. But that said, um, I would kind of like to see more of Nick ask Aust. Aust. Granted he was in the game, you know, down 35 though. So he wasn't getting the Cyclones best shot. They had their foot off the gas by then. No doubt, but I thought he looked more ready to play than Will Howard does. I mean, he had a strong arm that was fairly accurate. I thought he was getting rid of the ball quicker. His pocket present wasn't great, but it's no worse than Will Howard's. I just don't know. I mean, I don't care to belittle, you know, Will Howard so much on here um, because it's not his fault, but he's not very good right now. He hasn't been very good. I don't know why people think he – should have ever replaced Skylar Thompson. You went on a very good rant about that, that we don't need to revisit. But I just don't know. I don't care if he's statistically similar to other quarterbacks around the league comparatively to their freshman years. Stats don't tell the whole story sometimes. There's more nuance to it than that. You know, I think he's gotten plenty experience his freshman year for us to be feeling pretty good about. I think it's time to pull the plug get some fresh change in that position, at least give it a shot. We, we'd like to stop the bleeding, I think. Um, and Will Howard right now, it's just not working. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, so what I think they should do. Um, I don't disagree with anything you said. So I think internally you have to have the conversation. Yeah. Uh, how much these next two games truly matter and how much value you would put in winning those two games. Because if you're saying, hey – we need to win these two games. We need to reverse this trend. You can't lose to Baylor, and you have to put yourself in the best position to beat Texas. Then I think you have to look at starting Nick Ost. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Conv- I'm I'm not in practice. I I haven't seen practice. I don't I don't know what happens in practice. But you at least have to think about it. Um, now here's the other thing. If you're saying no, uh, we're out of the race for Arlington and winning the next two games is not as important as setting yourself up to be better in the future, then you yeah. keep rolling with Will Howard and, let, and you have to pull him similar to what you did versus I would say if it gets that bad because at that point then you're not really yeah. helping develop anyone else on the field. But I, I, I think you have to have that conversation because here's the thing. If, if you are now looking to the future, you have to basically decide, hey – we, we need to see as much of Will Howard as we can so we know what we're working with when we go into the spring. Um, and then if that is the call, and I'm again, I'm not saying it should or shouldn't be. I'm just saying if that is your call, then you have to go full on into it. You have to say, all right, if you're an upperclassman and an underclassman is anywhere close to you, we're, we're pulling the plug. We're doing the switch That's on the offensive line. 
It's, uh, you know, wide receivers just throw Jalen Travis out there, even if he doesn't know what he's doing. You have to go all in on it if that is what your decision is. And I don't think that's what the decision is going to be. I think what we're going to see is Will Howard is – Coach Klein is going to do whatever it takes to put the team in the best position to win the next two games. And if that's Will Howard, then I trust him. But but you can't help but, like, just – I mean, the interception he threw. I mean, he he stared him down. Like, it, it was the easiest interception I've seen in a very long time. That said, Nick Oss was putting the ball on the ground like it was a damn hot potato. Yeah. So, I don't know, I don't know what the right call is there in the short term. That's what I think – uh, I want them to do. So let's let's look at next year. What do you want them to do at the quarterback position next year? Nick Ost presumably, presumably will be coming back. Will Howard is still technically going to be a true freshman. Uh, we haven't even talked about uh, J- Jaron Lewis, uh, but I but I think that's for a reason. I think I think if he was going to be a player. Uh, we, we'd hear a little bit more. And then you have Jake Rubley coming back, but then again especially now that we've seen what's going on with Will Howard, do you put the full press on trying to bring Skylar Thompson back? So what would you do for next year? I would. I'd put the full press on Skylar Thompson. I'm not I, – I would never say we should run off Will Howard. That's absurd. But – And still early. It's incredibly early. Um, you know, he's been thrust into a ridiculous situation. But I put the full press on on Skylar Thompson. You give him a true send off, and you know he makes us better. It's he makes us better. I don't think he's an elite quarterback, but he's a tough, hell of a tough player. He's a damn good college football player, um, and he makes the difference multiple times in in his career. I'd put the full press on him, um, and then you groom Jake Rubley and real Will Howard as best you can and the, may the best man win going forward. Um, I have not seen, not seen enough from Will Howard to think that Jake Gruley can't come in and be a better quarterback, though. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, and I think our conversation when, when Will Howard took the reins was, okay, if he can show you something, then you let Skylar Thompson go. You, you, don't put, you, don't put the, yeah. you don't put the press on him. I haven't seen that. I've seen it get worse. And, again, you said it. We've had the rant. It's not Will Howard's fault. Anyone who is overly criticizing Will Howard is doing it. They're, they're bad people. You can't do that to a kid. And again, even at times on this podcast, I feel like I've probably been too tough on him. But it's not his fault. Yeah, probably. One, 100% but. hand up. I've been too tough on Will Howard. Um, but you can't expect him to be a difference maker with – the weapons he has around him. You can't. And again, I don't think it's going to be substantially better next year. So again, I think that you're only setting him up for more failure. If you just tell Skylar Thompson, Hey man, uh, thanks, but no thanks. If he wants to come back, I think if you can convince Skylar Thompson to come back, you have to do it. It's not just for the betterment of one season. I think it's for the betterment of the entire program. You finally will allow Will Howard to learn without the pressure of having to be quarterback one. You're giving Jake – you're preventing Jake Rubley from having to basically do the exact same thing you're asking Will Howard to do this year. It is for the betterment of the program, short and long term, for Skylar Thompson to come back next year and be that, you know, great – call. I won't say great because everyone gets mad at me for hyperbole 
when it comes to scouting. The very good college football player that he is. And it, and it would be better for everyone if that happened. So that's, that's where I'm at. And I, I, I really have a hard time understanding how anyone who would, how anyone would disagree with uh, that. You know, I know I, a lot of people do, but I think, I think that's what would be best. Um, do you have anything else uh, for that before we knock out the uh, last two? Nope. All right. So Coach Kleiman easily could have requested this game get pushed back to December with all the COVID, all the injuries, and the squad we threw out there. Um, do you think he should have hindsight's twenty twenty? But do you think he should have, or do you think you know the way he's going about building the program and not backing away from the challenges and taking the easy way out is what is best for the program in the long run? Shit, I would have done it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I 100% would have. Why not? Hindsight, hindsight is obviously yeah. 2020, but yeah, why not? You want you want to be in your strongest position, and there's no, I don't know, I don't know. There's no guarantee that come December we won't have a, we be even in an even worse position. So I kind of, you know, it's kind of like shit. Oh, we can play. Let's play. You know, especially in a season like this where there's no guarantees that you're going to get to do it again, but. With so much writing on it, I I think why not? Because if you don't get a plate again, then I mean, I guess that kind of leaves you leaves you high and dry. Um, but yeah, why not? Why not? I it, mean, it wouldn't it hurt? It, it's when you look when you look at it, it's like could have could it have hurt us any more than yesterday? We lost forty five zero. Yeah, I so going we might have into- lost forty six zero if we played them again in December, but. Maybe not. I going all week. I at least in my head, I I was thinking, all right. I mean, you're not gonna have your linebackers. You're having fucking kickers and punters playing wide receiver on scout team. You're having defensive linemen play tight ends on scout team. Um, I I wanted it to get pushed very badly, but I, I did too. <laughs> that's but that's not the way Coach Kleiman is. Again, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wanted them to push it. Um, I hate I, uh, it sucks and again his mentality I think is I think that's why he's successful and I'm me um, he's not looking for the easy way out he has more integrity probably than I do um, but man it's it hurts so um, the final question I'm going to ask um, you know is, is this the most embarrassing loss since the Prince era no not for me 55 Oklahoma was worse at home on homecoming. Uh, you know, I mean, 2015 was a train wreck, but there's so many variables that are just like handcuffing our team right now. It fucking sucked. I mean, absolutely. But look at who we are trotting out on the field. It's, it's a nightmare. So not really. I think, think? It is. I think it is for me because this was Iowa State and that was Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, but I, I mean, mean they're I pretty similar. They're kind of similar. In yeah. in that, I was immediately like, "Oh God, I don't <laughs> care about this anymore." Uh, Give me well, here. It's uh, let's let's answer a couple of questions because there's only like a few, and there's okay. one that there's a couple of good ones. So I'll do SF Wildcats one. Ask Bosco. Does this season get an asterisk or not? I'm guessing if the cats were dominating, we would not want one. Everything that's happening sports-wise in this era is getting an asterisk, whether we like it or not. 
Uh, but I, but again, I said it at the beginning of the year after we lost to Arkansas State. I'm not – if you're throwing asterisks on sports and saying they don't matter for this season, then you might as well say it about literally every season ever because if, if you're looking at it that way, sports don't ne- never matter. So that's my take. I'm, I'm you know, like I'll, I'll joke around and like when next year comes around, I'll tell Iowa State fans that they're – their birth in the Big 12 championship game doesn't count because it happened in 2020. Uh, 2020. And, you know, if sporting gets bounced in the first round of the playoffs, I'll say it doesn't matter, COVID. But it, but if you're going to do that, you might as well say sports never matter. So I'm not going to do it. Like, in my heart of heart, I'm not going to let myself think that. Yeah. I mean, listen, it is a gravy season in a way. Um from a K-State perspective. But gravy is different than asterisk, you know? I know. What I'm saying is, you know, and from a K-State perspective, there's a million problems going on. We should honestly probably just be happy that we get to watch our team play this year. That said, it still exists. It still is going to count. I mean, Iowa State did beat us 45-0, and that's going to exist. In reality, it happened. We have to deal with it. But, uh, you know, if it doesn't work in our favor, there's an asterisk. Asterisk. <laughs> if it does, there isn't. So we're approaching asterisk, asterisk territory. And then I'm going to do Chris Lilly's. I uh, said, so Bosco's boys, do you think uh, K-State will play in the Big 12 championship within the next three years? Hashtag crystal ball. All right. Does three years start today or next season? Let's say next season. Yes, 100%. I bet my life on it. Wow. I wouldn't go that far. But I'll say yes. I'll be optimistic and I will say yes. That's enough. We can end on that. We're already yep. in enough pain. Let's stop the bleeding. There we go. So uh, no full questions uh, episode. I'm hoping to get something basketball related out on Tuesday. Can't promise anything because uh, – you know, our basketball insiders, not working out. Um, but I'm going to try. <laughs> we're we're, we're going we're gonna to try to get something basketball-related out on Tuesday, but no promises. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, if we don't talk a little basketball on Tuesday, we'll have our Baylor game preview on Wednesday. Um, probably no Friday show since Thanksgiving, unless Grant can come up with something good. I don't know. Uh, I mean – Oh, yeah, probably not. Probably no Friday show, so it's going to be a light week, uh, Bosco's boys. Uh, So please just download a couple episodes from the past and uh, help us keep our numbers up this week. We love you guys. That sucked, but you know what? It'll get better one day. So I love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving. Meet me at the cat then. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears a hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it 
all away But I remember everything What have I become My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it all My empire of dirt Upon my liar's chair Full of broken thoughts I cannot repair Beneath the stains of time The feelings disappear You are someone else I am still right here What have I become My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it all Podcast Network.